I, today I'm going to be talking, finishing our series about I love my church. Who here loves the church? Wow, great response. Yay. I really love the church, if I'm forced to. Um, yeah. Today I'm talking about church. I love the church. I would go, yay, if I was, anyway, never mind. Um, thank you. I, I can't think of any organization that's better than the church, if I'm honest. That there is nothing like the church when it's working properly. There is nothing like the church. It's not just a, a kind of old building, an old organization. Church is people. It's you. It's me. It's everyone in this room. Church is fantastic. And I've got the privilege of finishing off our series all about I Love My Church today. And today I'm going to be focusing on grace. Grace. I, yeah, I just can't get over how much I love the church. Anyway, we're going to talk about grace today. In Ephesians 4 verse 7, Paul talks about each one of us being given a measure of grace. And if we look at the definition of grace, we find out that it means favor. Grace means God's unmerited favor upon our lives. Unmerited, meaning we haven't had to do anything to achieve it. Favor for our lives. God equals God. Grace equals favor. What an immense, incomprehensible privilege that we are favored by the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. I can't comprehend anything greater than God, and yet he is totally for you. He loves you, and his favor is upon you. His grace is upon your life. The favor of God will open up doors, will open up opportunities in your life that you were never even imagined, because God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? When God looks at you, he's calling the best out of you. He's calling the greatness out of you. He's saying, hey, you can do it. Come on, keep going. You're amazing. Keep going. And we should be like that too because we are made in his image. So we should be like that. We should call the greatness out of people. What is it that you've done to earn this favor? Surely there must be something that we've done to achieve this grace of God, this favor of God. So there must be, surely, you know, he's thinking about it, sitting there thinking about grace. I must have done something. Nope, you've done nothing. God loves you and he just has his favor upon you. He's, he's done, you you've done absolutely nothing to deserve. Yeah. The very definition of grace precedes all that because grace is, you don't deserve it, but you've got it anyway. Grace is unmerited, meaning you, you, you can't achieve grace. You have grace. In Paul's letter to the people in Ephesus, he writes that each one of us is given a measure of grace, a specific gift of God's favor for our lives. We're all given a specific measure of grace. You will have heard messages and preachers talk about the importance, not the importance, but how society today now often talks about the eye how the individualism is the greatest thing in society. You've got the iPad, the iPod, not really anymore, the iPhone. We've got our sound desk called iLives. You've got i everything. Everything is about the i, is about the me. Individualism has become the most important expression of self, where to the point that truth means nothing almost, because truth is whatever you say it is. 
If I'm the most important person in the world, then what I say is right is right, surely. For whatever I say, I'm right. But we know that that is a load of tosh, it's a load of rubbish, because we've got the truth that is the Bible. The truth is the truth. The truth sets you free. The truth is not whatever you say it is. But there's a danger that that seeps into the church, because we think, actually, well, God loves me no matter what, so that means I can do whatever I want. No. Uh, I don't know, I decided this, so this means that. What? That doesn't even make any sense. We, because we think sometimes we, are the tr- we, we can make the truth, we make it up to be whatever it wants, but we know that that is a load of rubbish. It would be very easy for me to stand up and pin the whole message today on that little verse there that says, we are all given a specific measure of grace within our lives, and actually talk about the importance of the I and say that we, me, I, have a specific measure of grace, picking up my own self-importance, which is true, but it's not true without context. And the context is God and the church, the importance of God and the church. What is the title of this series that we're finishing today? I Love My Church. There's a bit of an indicator as to what the context of this might be talking about. That's not to say that this church is any better than any other church. No, I'm talking of the church, the global church. Although we happen to think this church is, is doing all right. It's doing a pretty good job. So Romans 12 tells us, For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. That is to say that the church unifies us together. We are in this together. I need you, you need me. We are in this all together. We have many members, but we have one body. Church is you, is people. We are the people. I am the person, you are the person, and we need every single one of you. We are unified through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. That is our leveler. We have all accepted Jesus into our lives through his sacrifice, and he gives us an eternity of life, a goodness of life that we couldn't even begin to comprehend. I passionately believe that we've all been graced for purpose. We've all been graced for a specific thing. We all have God's favor on our lives. As I prepared for this message, I listened to some talks from Brian Houston, pastor of Hillsong Church, and he talks quite a lot about the grace zone, a world of blessing. And I love that thought that we all have a specific area where we can operate in that we are graced for. And he shared the idea of that. We often struggle sometimes and think, what's my purpose? What's my calling? What, what do I do with my life? I don't understand. And, I, and it can be paralyzing. But the one thing that he said is, we all have a grace zone, a world of blessing. What are you good at? What can you do that you are specifically good at? What can you do that no one else can do, that only you can fulfill? Have you found something that you were born to do? When you do something, do you think, this is easy for me? And it might not be without challenge, but it might be something that you feel graced to do, that actually something in my life that I'm really good at breathing. We're all good at that, hopefully. (laughs) And I believe that when we align our lives with Christ and what he says about us, 
and what he wants for us. I am a child of God. I am a son or a daughter of the king. If God is for me, then who can be against me? If I can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. There is an unmerited favor, a grace for our lives. Don't you just love that thought? That we are specifically purposed, graced, favored for a specific purpose. But it's hard to take in. It's not that easy, is it? Because you actually can sit there and you can discount yourself. You can sit there and think, but I don't deserve this grace. Well, that's the point. It's called grace. The meaning is you don't deserve it. But you can sit there and count yourself out. You can say, it's easy for me. You're on the platform. You've you probably had an easy life. You, you're young. You haven't had to face any hardships or anything like that. But that's, I think that's a load of rubbish. Because you need to believe what you believe. You need to believe in the word of God. That it says to you that you are highly favored, graced for a specific purpose. That you have something unique about you that no one else can achieve. Something that is so special that God chose you. He favored you. Are you here for the good times, for the good music? Or are you here because this stuff is life and death? This stuff is important. Grace is about so much more than just the ability to live a life free from sin. Grace is life and death. Grace is about pulling people from hell, dragging them with you to heaven. You can all think of people right now that you want to be in heaven with you, that you don't even know whether they're going to be there right now. That's important. It's life and death. You may be the only person graced to speak into their life and to make a difference there. In one single act, Jesus showed his love, his mercy, and his grace for us, the cross. Christ suffered and died for sins once and for all. He never sinned, and yet he died for us who have sinned, he died so he might bring us to God. His body died, but his spirit was made alive. Our relationship with Jesus is the fundamental thing that our Christianity, our faith is built upon. That means we need to spend time with him. We need to know him like no other. We need to love him like no other. Out of this will flow a desire, a love to do things that he has graced us to do. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 13 tells us that we have a specific sphere of influence in which we operate. And if we understand the importance of that revelation that grace means, this is so freeing. For me, this is the, the crux of the entire message today. The preach, this preaches about revelation. Do you understand who you are? Do you understand that God has graced you for a specific purpose? I'm going to keep saying it over and over again, this whole message, that God's favor is upon your life. God has graced you for a specific purpose, a specific thing. And that's not a fuddy, random thing that you can't really comprehend. No, that is something practical. It's being yourself, being true to who you are. You are highly favored. You can't get away from it. I can't express to you how important it is. It gives you a confidence like no other. You can boast in your confidence, but not boast of yourself, but boast in God. As 2 Corinthians 10 says, let the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. Not that we have achieved, but that God has achieved.
And this has been a progressive revelation in my life, that grace is a leveler. I might not be the best at, I play drums, I might not be the best drummer in the world, but it doesn't matter because I'm the best Josh Campbell to Fen Road Milton that has ever existed because God has graced me to be me, not someone else. I remember growing up at school, and I've got ginger hair, as many of you can see, but actually not because I'm wearing a hat. And if you go to school, most of you have been to school, and you're ginger, you don't have a particularly easy time. Something about the English, we think that ginger is stupid. And so I was... I didn't enjoy school particularly. I was fine in the classroom. Well, sometimes not fine in the classroom. But in the playground, it wasn't very nice. I used to come home. I used to be upset all the time. I know, it's hard. But, oh, thanks. That was very spontaneous. <laughs> the, the English don't take too kindly to goofy ginger kids, really. But um, I can remember one day, I came home, and I just thought to myself, I am ginger. So what, what's all the fuss about? Like, it's not, I am ginger. Why should I be offended that people are calling me ginger? Because I am ginger. Oh, yeah. Light bulb moment. I am ginger. And it wasn't a deep theological moment of, oh, God's grace and favor is upon my life, and I am called and purposed to be ginger. No. But it was a moment of revelation that says, hey, I am who I am. I'm not someone else. I'm not brown-haired Josh. I'm ginger-haired Josh. And actually, as I've got older, God has blessed me, and I've become more brown-haired. No, I'm kidding. And I've got more ginger-bearded. Um, no, I just realized that actually I am who I am. I am ginger. That's not a problem. That's just who God's called me to be, ginger Josh. <laughs> it's not always called me to be. I'm kidding. But it just was like this revelation moment of actually I'm highly favored and Hey, people can call me Ginger, but that's just what I am. Who cares? It's like water of a duck's back. And I'm exactly who I'm meant to be. Grace means that you can be the person that you're meant to be. We are highly favored to be our unique self. Quite often I'll get the comment now when people get to know me a bit that you're just yourself. I'm like, yeah, you're just who you are. I remember one time Hamish, who's on the lights today, said to me, you're quite simple really, aren't you? <laughs> Thanks, Hamish. But I knew exactly what, what he meant. I believe what I believe. It's quite, it's quite simple, really. I believe what the Bible says about me. I believe that I'm graced for purpose, that there's a favor upon my life to do whatever God has called me to do. It's simple. And I'm no different to any of you. Just because I'm on the platform doesn't mean that you are not graced and you are not favored. So that's a revelation for all of us, that actually we need to be who we need to be. If I'm created in the image and likeness of the one true God, the one who created heaven and earth, who sent his one and only son to die for me, and he favors me highly and loves me and wants the utmost best for me, then it's pretty simple, really. I need to be me. Sometimes we can get so overcomplicated. We can take something deep, something, something that's not deep and complex, and make it deep and complex, when actually the reality is God loves you, he's for you, he favors you, and you need to be you. Simple. I once was lost, but now I'm found. There's something so deeply freeing about grace. Grace allows us to live our purpose as appointed. Grace equals purpose. 
So what I'm saying is, Josh, that grace is only available to Christians. Wrong. I'm not saying that at all. Grace is available to all. Grace is available to all. It'd be really easy to think, actually, that what I've said this morning is your grace for purpose because you've become a Christian. Actually, God's grace is open to everybody, not just an exclusive club. And I want to emphasize that a little bit by showing you a a video this morning of a friend of mine. Um, We filmed this about three years ago, and things have changed since then. Um, He's even better, which is great. But I want to show you this story of someone who a few of you will know, many of you won't know. It's a powerful story. And watch this with the filter of grace. There is a grace that has enabled him to be set free. Watch the story. Bench testimony. Will Stokes, bit of a legend. He, uh, he, if you know Will, he really does have an understanding of the grace of God upon his life. And not just because of what he's been through, but he just, like no one else I know really, he lives, he lives life to the, to the full in many respects. And honor him for it. I just wanted to show that video really, to show you that grace is all-encompassing. It's not just for us an exclusive club. It's not just for us. As Christians, it's open to all. God's grace precedes everything. God is for you. He loves you. God freely gives his favor to all. Grace is living in a godly confidence that you're graced, favored for a specific purpose that no one else can fulfill. I know in my life that I've got specific purposes for my life. I know that God is for me, not against me. So I can wear shoes that have got my name on. I say Josh on them. You can see on the back. I'll show you later. I can wear silly hats. But it doesn't, doesn't mean anything because I'm not standing here because I'm arrogant or because I'm saying, hey, I'm great. I've got my name on my shoes. No, it's not. It's because I know that God is for me. Who can be against me? And why not? Because I'm called to be Josh. I'm called to be the best person that I can possibly be in, in God's grace. And so wear what you want. <laughs> if you want to wear a silly hat, wear a silly hat. It's, you, yeah, I just believe that God's grace has enab- enables you to do things that you would never even think or imagine because God's grace is for you. It gives you a specific purpose in your life. Because grace is open to all people. I passionately believe that we are each given a measure of grace. I'll say it again, a measure of grace. A gift of favor from God. We need more people that are confident in who they are. We need more people that believe that grace enables them to go into situations where they, they, they think they shouldn't be able to go into. And yes, maybe this sounds in some ways a little bit I don't know, airy, or maybe you can't quite apply this or pin this down. But what I'm saying is, be you. Don't be anyone else. Be you. Grace is about being you. Grace is about living an authentic life. A life 
seasoned with grace, that God has a purpose and a plan that only you can fulfill, that he wants you to succeed and do the very best thing that you can do, which is be you. And yes, I know, sometimes we struggle, we grapple with, what is my calling? What am I supposed to do? God, please help me. But actually, no. The best thing you can do is start by being, being you. What are you good at? What do you think when I do this, it feels it, there's an ease to it? Keep doing it. It will get easier and easier and easier. When I first started the job here at C3, I, 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 run, I, well, I started as my title was assistant, media assistant. And uh, I didn't really know what I was doing with media and things like that. I had a little bit of an idea. Don't tell them. Um, I've kind of worked it out now. <laughs> and I started with that. I remember when I started, I started on the 1st of August, so in a couple of days' time. I'll have been here for seven years. And I'd, I uh, had 500 pounds of budget, and I just kind of worked it out as I went along. Now, as I've gone on, my title changed ahead of media. Because <laughs> I was assisting myself. I didn't really know who was I was assisting, to be honest. But, um, yeah. And now I've just gone on and I've, I've changed roles again to head off all our creative stuff in church. And actually, it's not because I'm great. It's because I started small with something little, being able to make a few flyers and things like that. And that's grown and that's grown and that's grown to the point where I'm now able to do other stuff because God's graced me. I started small. I started, I volunteered in the youth making a few flyers and they were terrible. They're like the worst flyers you've ever seen to the point where now I'm comfortable making videos and things like that because God has graced me for a specific thing. And that's what I found that I was good at. I, I like being creative. God's made me, to, we're all made to be creative, but sometimes the world puts creative in a little box, which is ironic really because creatives don't like to be in a box. But um, we, of, we say creative media and creative design and things like that, but actually we're all called in the image and likeness of God and God created the world, so therefore we're all creative in some regard. But actually what that's meant is that I've been able to grow in that. And if I can do that, because I was terrible, I'm telling you how I was really bad at media. If I can do something like that and start small, I'm not saying you'll be good at media, but I'm saying start small. And it will build, and it will build, and it will build, and it will build. And who knows what it could look like. Having said all that, your purpose and your grace, if devoid from building the kingdom of God, is useless. Because there is no greater calling than building the kingdom of God, than seeing people reach their full potential, seeing people realize that God loves them and is for them. And so you may be sitting here right now and thinking, I don't... You've got specific things that we need as a church. And that doesn't necessarily mean on a Sunday morning. That might mean in the workplace. That might mean leading things that we haven't even thought about. You've probably got ideas that we have never even thought about. We, we plan and we do things and we try to do things to the best of our ability. But I bet you there's people in here that can think of in different ways than any of us think that we need. Because we're all graced for purpose. God has spoken, can speak through each individual one of you. You all have access to the same God who can bless you. And you are blessed for purpose, for favor, for grace. And my final sort of point really is, when you, when you often start thinking about grace, you think, well, grace means that sin's not a problem anymore because I don't need to sin anymore. And that is true, but I think often we have made it too simple that grace and sin go hand in hand. But, but 
I, I struggle with that, actually, because if you look at the biblical meaning of grace, you're graced, you have favor, you have a specific purpose. However, grace isn't an excuse for sin. It's still true. Romans says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Let's read that again. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that favor may increase, so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. We are free. Living with an understanding of the grace gift means you are living in freedom. Living with the life God has planned for you. And it comes back to this. Say it again. Do you have a revelation of the favor and the freedom in which you live under? There is nothing that can hold you back. We have died to our old selves and we are alive through Jesus' death. You are a child of the Most High God. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, He loves you and He wants the best for you and His favor is upon your life. Be true to yourself. What are you naturally good at? Keep doing it and it will grow. I wonder if the band would join me back on the stage. And I feel like this is the sort of message where you have to have an appeal. Some messages you go out and you feel pumped up and you can do it. This is the sort of message where actually we're going to take a moment right now. Because I guarantee you in this room there's people here right now that are thinking, I don't think I live like that. And I didn't realize that God's favor was upon my life. And in a second, I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes and ask people to respond. If you're feeling challenged by this message, if you're feeling actually that I haven't lived my true self, I've felt ashamed, I've felt like I couldn't be my, myself or I, I don't know who I am, then I, there's a moment here for you to respond. If you can relate to that, I am ginger story. Not if you're ginger, but if you've had stuff in your life where people have put you down and actually you just realized, I am who I am then this is a moment for you. We're going to, if everyone would just close their eyes. If anyone here feels they want to respond to that in some way, then I just ask you just to raise your hand in response to this message. We're going to pray. Lord Jesus, we pray for the people that have responded in here today. I thank you, God, that we have grace and favor like no other, that you are for us, that you love us, that you want the best for us. Yes, it's difficult to even comprehend that actually that we, we don't have to do anything, but God loves us no matter what, and that his favor is upon our lives. You can walk into any room and his favor is upon you. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is with you and his favor is upon you. Pray that you'd give us a deeper sense of revelation of what that means, that we'd allow us to stand up, put our shoulders back and walk tall that we are favoured by the King of Kings. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to finish with a song right now called Broken Vessels, which is a modern version of Amazing Grace. It seemed appropriate to finish with that song. 
And I just feel that this is a real moment here to respond in a new way so that you can walk out of here standing tall today. That you can walk out of here thinking, God is on my side. That the victory has already been won. That we have no, nothing can hold us back because God is for me. And that's not to boast in ourselves. That's to boast in the good things that God has done for our lives. There's a freedom in it. Walk out of here free to be yourself. To walk tall, to stand up to say, God loves me. He is for me. He wants the absolute best for me. Let's stand and let's sing this song to finish.